Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Norton. Here in episode four, I'm going to be chatting with Patrick Casal of Casal Coaching and Consulting. We'll be talking about how to know when it's time to leave your agency job for private practice. We'll both share our experiences working at an agency and provide inspiration and encouragement to those who want to take the leap into private practice. If you haven't yet listened to episode three, check it out. In that episode, I introduce you to the specific elements to include in your cancellation policy, and I help you to design an agreement that you'll have the confidence to uphold. Let's get started. Have you been wanting to start your private practice, but you can't seem to take that first step? Maybe you're afraid of failure or lack confidence, or maybe the idea of running your own practice is overwhelming. I'm Cindy Norton, owner of Mountain Practice Journeys, and I help therapists and counselors to love the business side of private practice. I'll share with you practical skills and advice, along with a healthy dose of inspiration so that you can be on your way to the practice of your dreams. Put on your hiking boots and let's get going. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. Um, Today, we're chatting with Patrick Cassell, and he is going to be talking about the topic of when is a good time to leave your agency job, or when do you know that it's time for you to leave your agency job? So he's going to talk a little bit about his experience. I'll talk about my experience, and then we'll go into uh, just some helpful tips for you if this is something that you're considering. So Patrick, if you want to jump in and get started. Yeah, Cindy, thanks for having me and hello everyone. I know this is definitely a topic that comes up very often for people. So if you're in an agency and you are thinking about private practice, you're probably also thinking about all of the reasons you should not go into private practice or how to get started and get past those barriers. And the big one is when is time? to put my notice in and to move on from this, this world of community mental health. And, you know, I worked in various agencies for several years, uh, both pre and postgraduate school, uh, worked in some crisis centers, startup companies, and as a supervisor and a team lead for most of that capacity, you know, working 50 to 60 hours a week, being on call, constant crisis, and just like, the politics of everything and the bureaucracy and the constant focus on billable expectation and doing more with less. And it always felt like being caught in the middle as a supervisor, because I was in middle management, I would have the administrative staff constantly asking me about how can we do more of this or how can we ensure these outcomes from your staff and then knowing that my staff would, was just feeling burnt out, feeling overwhelmed, like we didn't have enough uh, staff to be supportive. And it just felt really tricky to navigate. I started to think about, I need something to be different. I can't continue down this path because I'm burnt out. I'm not feeling useful. I'm actually thinking that I should change careers because this isn't what I went to school for. Mm-hmm. And it was really disheartening. 
Yeah, um, I hear that from a lot of people that they uh, buy working at an agency. It, they feel like, oh, well, maybe being a therapist or a counselor isn't the right career for me because I'm burnt out and it's not what I thought it would be. And so I don't want people to think that working as a therapist in an agency job is the same as working as a therapist in private practice because it can be like two totally different careers. Absolutely. And private practice always felt like such a distant reality, if even one that could come true, just because of all the unknown. And a lot of our graduate schools don't exactly talk to us about how to create a business. And when you're in an agency, you're surrounded by like-minded people who might feel burnt out and cynical about the field. And then you start to think, well, things have to be different. And when you start to think about leaving, there's a lot that can come up. I know as a supervisor, I thought very often, like, if I put my notice in, my staff is going to suffer. Um, they're going to really miss me or miss my leadership or my clients are going to struggle without me. And, and it became all about me and my own insecurities in that process. So it took a long time to build up the courage to finally put a notice in. And when I did, I put a 90-day notice in, which was ridiculous. And they replaced my position in two days. Wow. Yeah, I'm one that puts in really, really early notices, like I'll give months notice if I'm planning on leaving a place. But yeah, that shows you that there, I mean, there's definitely high turnover. And I know that it's something that, and I'll talk about this when I go into my story later, but um, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, fresh out of school, what else are you going to do? Absolutely. And you develop this loyalty to a system that isn't designed to actually be loyal to you. And when I put my notice in, I was very cautious and hesitant and I was trying to do things the right way. And just to be replaced in two days and act as if like kind of dead man walking for the next three months that I had my notice, I was like, I should just get out of here. Like I need to go and just invest my time in my private practice. But you know, the fear of not having a consistent paycheck is real. What are you going to do for health insurance? All of those things start to come up. And then I think imposter syndrome starts to really come up and say, mm -hmm. like, how are you going to be successful on your own now that you've put your notice in? That becomes really scary. Yeah, I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that believe in you and that are going to support you in reaching your dreams. And also talk to some people that are already in private practice and see what their journey has been like. Because if you're only checking in with your colleagues at the agency job that are also scared, that are also maybe feeling that imposter syndrome and feeling like, oh, yeah, this isn't something that's possible, uh, then it makes it really hard to take that step. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that energy can be contagious in both a positive and a negative way. So really trying to find some like-minded individuals who have taken that leap and are working for themselves, because then you can see that, oh, this can be a reality. And I don't have to, you know, succumb to the 40 to 50 hour work week anymore. I can get paid what I'm worth or what I think I'm worth. And that's just really empowering. What do you think it was that made you um, make that final decision? Like, yes, I'm leaving. I didn't know if there's something led up to that or that helped you to, to come to that decision. Cause I know a lot of people think about it and dream about it, but then when it comes to taking action, that's a different story. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good question. 
you know, I was working so much when I, I was a part of a 24 hour walk-in crisis unit and working as the program manager and not getting any clinical hours towards my license, which was really frustrating. And there, it was just constant calls and contacts and emails at two in the morning and, and phone calls at four in the morning that you were short staffed. And I was on vacation and ended up in the hospital. And I attribute a lot of that to my stress and anxiety level from that job. And I just made that decision at that point, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, you have to have an exit plan. And that exit plan has to be private practice, because I'm never going to work in an agency setting again. So, you know, just starting to put the pieces in place, seeing clients at night, and on in evening hours and leaving the agency and just feeling exhausted mentally going into your office space, then getting this like burst of energy of saying like, all right, I'm in my own office, I'm seeing clients my own way, making triple what I'm making at my job as a supervisor. Why am I still here? Mm -hmm. And what are you so scared of? And I think the fear is like, will this remain consistent? Will you continue to get client phone calls after you're gone? And that fear can be really paralyzing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's sad that it takes sometimes physical illness that, you know, are symptoms of the stress from the job in order to, for some people to have that wake up call, like I cannot physically do this job anymore because it's so stressful. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, part of me is glad it happened. And I think it propelled me into just making that decision for myself. And once I made the decision, there really was no going back. And I just started recognizing that I was like taking paid time off to go do networking with other therapists in private practice. And I just started getting weight, getting drawn to that world and spending much more time in it. And I was just like, yeah, this, this has to happen. And, and you, you got to make this leap. And it is a leap of faith. Like small business ownership is a risk, but there's such a, a massive reward that comes with that. Once you get past that fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know that I've talked in a previous episode about how, um, you know, just to be patient and persistent, because I think that as long as you stick with it, you can be successful. And I just want people to have a realistic expectation that no, you're probably not going to be full the first week you open your practice or even the first month. But if you really stick with it and do what you need to do, I don't know of anyone that's really given it their all. And in a couple of years, haven't been like amazingly pleased in how their practice is going and the quality of life that they have and just the freedom that they have in their business. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. I think my experience was a little different um, because I was really naive before I decided to go back to school because I was um, probably in my late 20s and I decided that I wanted to do something different because my undergrad was in business management and I worked for the state of North Carolina for like 10 years and just decided like, oh, I think I finally know what I want to be when I grow up. Um, So I was thinking, I want to help people. Okay, I think I want to be a therapist. Um, What kind of therapist? Oh, I really love it when people have really good relationships. So I'm going to be a couples therapist. Um, So I thought, okay, in order to do that, I'm going to need to go to grad school, which is two years. And then I'm going to graduate and open up my private practice. So I thought, oh, in three years, I want to have my own private practice, seeing couples. But here I am like 10 years later and finally starting to realize that dream. So it ended up, you know, going to grad school part-time so I could, t- could continue to work full-time. Um, and so that took 
about six years um, because I would do one class every quarter, um, just working my way through it. And then, you know, whenever you graduate, it's like, oh, wow, I need to accumulate all these hours for licensure. And I can't do that if I open up a private practice right now because it just it would take really too long. And I don't know if I could get all the hours within the time frame. So then thinking, oh, okay, I guess I do need to work for an agency job, which I never imagined that I would be doing. And so I did shy away from some of the intensive in-home because I had a few colleagues and friends that had worked and they were really burnt out after like two or three months. And I'm like, I know that I can't do that. Um, So I was able to to go to work at an agency and do the school-based therapy which was really great because you're not on call, you don't work weekends. So it was more manageable, but it was still super stressful for me as an introvert and a highly sensitive person. And then having to meet all this productivity and just the, um, you had, you know, I mean, you worked with clients with all, all concerns and sometimes fresh out of school, you don't feel like you're an expert in all those areas. So that can be stressful because you want to be sure that you're helping people. But um, yeah, so I ended up working at the agency for um, about two years and it turned out that I was planning on my last uh, year there. Um, I let them know like, hey, this is going to be my last year. Uh, But halfway through that, it turned out um, because I had started working as a contract worker so I could be there you know, uh, maybe two or three days out of the week instead of the full week. And that was planning on going throughout the school year. So I'm like, okay, I have a full school year and I can do my start to build my private practice on the side while I still have at least, you know, 50% of my income from the agency. And that's going to work out perfectly. Uh, But a few months later, it turned out that they were getting rid of all the contract employees. So I started freaking out, even though, you know, I was burnt out at the job. I was really depending on that money to help me to support as I build my practice. So even though it was like six months earlier than I had planned, it was still kind of like a shock. So it's, I was almost, um, I wouldn't say forced out, but it was like this, I didn't plan on leaving this early. So that was really scary, even though I had this plan in place and it just got cut a little short, it was still like, oh my gosh, I was depending on this. And, but it worked out just fine. Like, and, and thinking about it, I'm like, well, maybe I could have even left six months earlier than that. Uh, But I don't think you really realize it until after you've made the decision and you've done that, that it's like, oh, I could have done this a lot earlier. I think sometimes we delay ourselves just because of all those concerns about, is this going to work out? Am I going to be able to make enough money? Am I going to be able to have enough clients? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's a really real thing that happens. And, um, you know, I think that in hindsight, we could always say that, right? Like, I wish I would have left earlier. And I can say that for myself. I wish I would have done that years ago. And it's just the recognition, like you said, that most therapists who do pursue this are very pleased with the end results after putting in the work. And it is work, like the marketing, the networking, the really building the content and just figuring out who you want to be, not only as a practitioner, but as a business Mm -hmm. and what you want to align yourself with in terms of your branding and marketing and and values and what type of clients you want to work with and just figuring that stuff out. But the beauty of it is it can change and you can improve upon it. And it does not have to be perfect from the starting point. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that, like, 
I have to perfect everything before it can be put out into the world. Oh yeah. And, I struggle with that. <laughs> <laughs> so just like it can just be good enough. You have a way to take payments. You have a place to see clients. It can just be good enough mm-hmm. and you can improve upon everything. And that's really important to keep in mind too. Yes. Yes, it definitely is. Yeah. And I think that, um, just being able to, I don't think I would change anything in the way that everything fell into place for me. Um, because I really appreciate the work at the agency because it taught me so much. Um, I mean, and the main thing is that it really made me appreciate private practice because I don't think I would have that appreciation had I went straight into private practice after, um, after grad school, um, because it, it was really difficult. I did learn a lot and I, I knew that this was not for me. Um, so I'm, it just really solidified that decision for private practice and, and it really makes me appreciate it. So I'm thankful for what I've learned, but I'm happy where I am now. Yeah, that's, that's well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that you do a lot of coaching and everything, and I'm sure that, um, and I know that you've helped a lot of people transition out of agency work into their private practices. So what are some of the maybe common questions that you get or the hesitations that people have or advice that you would have and how you help people through that? Yeah, I think a common question is always insurance related. You know, that's a big one. And unfortunately, in this country, it's a big issue. But the way I like to frame it is, you know, whatever agency you're working at, you're paying something towards your health insurance. And you're going to pay a little bit more when you're employed on your own. But at the same time, you're going to make more money. So it becomes relative in a way. And I think that if you value freedom and autonomy and movement and creativity and you are, you're a hard worker and you're resilient, then private practice is for you. And I think that if you just want like a done for you, everything's in place type of situation, then maybe it's not time to leave your job and to just continue to think about this process. But I think that my worst day in private practice is always a thousand times better than my best day at my agency. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. I just like to really work on empowering people to believe that they can do these things that feel challenging and reminding them that you have faced adverse experience in your life and things that probably didn't feel possible that you moved through and you were able to, you know, uh, complete successfully, including grad school, starting an agency job, you know, you're kind of lost and feeling like, do I know what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, like a couple months down the road, you're, you're great at it. And you're like, moving through it. And that's kind of what life is, what life is. Same thing with private practice ownership is at first it does feel really scary. And then once you get your systems in place, you get a good network of colleagues in in your corner, you know, it becomes much more uh, manageable and also like easy to navigate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I know that um, with anything that I've done that has, uh, been really positive or a big step that I've made in my business. I've almost not done it because of the fear and being worried and the imposter syndrome coming in. So I do think that some of that is healthy. Uh, So don't let the fact that you have doubts about it, maybe stop you from it. Because I think if you're not interested in opening up a private practice, then you're just not going to be interested. So you're probably not going to be having those thoughts. But if you're 
toying with the idea and imagining what it would be like, but some of those things are stopping you. Oh, because I don't know what I'm going to do for insurance or I, I don't know, um, you know, just all the ins and outs of running a business. Like there are ways to get that information. I mean, I'm going to be sharing stuff about, about it in this podcast. There's lots of blog posts. Patrick has some amazing videos. And so you can find the support that you need in order to do it. So I think it's, um, if it's in your mind, then it may be something that you're wanting to move toward, because I don't think you're going to be, you know, dreaming of a private practice if, if it's not something that you want. Um, so a little bit of fear, or sometimes a lot of fear is healthy because it is working through that fear and being able to reach your dreams in spite of that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the, uh, the truth of it. And I think that everything feels scary when it's unknown and uncertain. <laughs> and similarly to any experience that we've had where we didn't know how to start, including bike riding. Like I think of that, metaphor as a child, like learning to ride a bike and falling off of it and getting back up. And I kind of look at private practice ownership and small business ownership in a similar way to combat that imposter syndrome that keeps us paralyzed in that fear mm-hmm. to just say like, you don't know how to do it. That's, that's right. You were never taught how to do these things, but there are ways to learn. And there are tons of therapist support, Facebook groups and building groups and podcasts and and webinars and youtube channels like there's so many resources out there that that are helpful yeah i can't believe the resources i mean this is a great time to go into private practice because there's so many free and paid resources out there that where you can get everything that you need i remember when i was in grad school since i knew that i wanted to open up a private practice throughout my six years of grad school most of the time I was researching private practice and how to do it. So I know that um, I come across Zinni Me with Kelly and Miranda, and they had a lot of free resources on their website. There were some videos and blogs, and I think I watched and read every single one of those. And then I think Joe Sinnock's um, podcast, Practice of the Practice, was one of the first ones out there, and I listened to every episode of that. And so it was just really helpful in um, gaining the confidence, because like you said, it's the unknown that I think that freezes people. And so really, all you need to do to get started is to watch one video or read one blog post or listen to one podcast episode and just take it one day at a time. And yeah, like you said, you don't have to know everything before you get started. Cause that's, that's really frozen me in my tracks a lot in the past. And so I think I've gotten a little bit later start than some people because in the past, everything I had to know everything before I started it. Um, and that was impossible. So I never made any movements. So now I'm doing things imperfectly and, um, and moving forward. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you can think of as far as what you would, uh, you know, want people to know that are thinking about, leaving their agency jobs or are in that process? Been in private practice now for almost four years. I've been taking 12 weeks of vacation every year for the last three years. Just the belief that it's possible to know that you can make enough money to take care of your lifestyle, take care of your clients and have more freedom have more freedom to do the things that we're doing right now, like Cindy with your podcast and, and your courses and 
and coaching and just freeing you up to have more space to do the things that you love. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally I love that. possible. Yeah, I love that you mentioned your vacation because I want to have you back on the podcast uh, maybe in the summer and just talking about your business, Empowered Escape, and just the importance of being able to make time for yourself and to take vacations and to not feel guilty about it and how to organize your schedule in a way that you can do that and and you're, you can leave it all behind and truly enjoy yourself while you're taking a break. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was really great to chat with you today. And um, I will definitely have you back on soon. Well, thank you so much, Cindy. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, let people know how they can find out more about you, where they can find you online. Yeah, so I have a website for private practice building, for courses, for retreats that I'm going to be hosting, uh, casalcoaching.com. And I also have a Facebook group for private practice startup and building called Private Practice Builders, Networking and Support for Therapists. I, um, yeah, sorry. I also have a YouTube channel connected to all of that, that where I've done some videos with my accountant about build, business building, practice building, and mainly imposter syndrome. Um, I've got a lot of content on that right now to help people navigate all of those fears and anxieties that come up when we think we're not competent enough, we're not good enough. Definitely. Yeah. Patrick has some amazing resources that are so helpful. So I encourage you to check out all of that. Check out his website, the YouTube channel. And um, if you're a therapist, uh, become a member of that Facebook group because it's got some really helpful content in there. Thank you. You're welcome. You have a wonderful day. You too. During each episode, I'll be giving you one small takeaway, action step, or mindset shift. I'll call these acorns. Listen to episode zero to get the scoop on what the acorns are all about. The acorn from this episode is that you are probably never going to be fully ready to leave your agency job. Changes are difficult, even when they are for the better. We are creatures of habit, and we sometimes choose comfort over growth. But what most people don't realize is that it's not really comfort that you're experiencing. It is only familiarity masquerading as comfort. Just because something is familiar doesn't mean that it's good for us. Take a moment and reflect on that. Are you truly comfortable in your agency job? Does it actually bring you a sense of peace and joy? I'm not asking you to do anything reckless or to leave your agency job if you truly enjoy it. But there is something to be said for feeling the fear and doing it anyway when you are following your truth. As I outlined in episode zero, I'll be alternating between a fun fact and what I'm digging segment with each new episode. The fun fact for this episode is that I was 27 years old when I decided that I wanted to become a therapist. Many people know what they want to do with their life from a young age. I was not that kid. It wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I had the idea to become a therapist. It was almost as if my intuition told me that this is what I should be doing. I went from not knowing what I wanted to be when I grew up to enrolling in grad school to become a couples therapist within a period of a week. This was one of my first experiences of truly trusting my intuition, even though it was scary. And I've gotten much better at it as time goes on. I encourage you to do the same. Trust your intuition even when it's scary. You'll be amazed at where it takes you. Thank you so much for joining me today on your private practice journey. For episode five, I'll be talking all about sliding scale and answering the question, do you have to offer a sliding scale in your private practice? If we're not yet connected on Instagram, I'd love it if you'd join me over there at Mountain Practice Journeys. There's no way you can know how much it means to me that you choose to join me here as I share all things related to private practice. 
please subscribe so you don't miss a step. For more information about this episode, visit the show notes page at mountainpracticejourneys.com slash podcast. I truly appreciate you trailblazers. Your mountain is within reach. Journey on.